You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you right here, Gators, with another win, 38-6 this time over South Carolina. Back-to-back wins for the Gators. Last week over Texas A&M. And this week over South Carolina. Man, it makes up a little bit for last year. South Carolina rumbling all over Florida last year. Kind of the beginning of the end for Dan Mullen and staff. And the Gators returned to favor a year later in the Swamp. And there, last time in the Swamp this season, uh, of course, you know, b- bittersweet. Bitter, bitter, bittersweet. Um, we got to say, some bye, say goodbyes to some seniors who made some plays uh, in this game for the Gators. Gators getting bowl eligible uh, with, with, with this win, so sending these seniors out the right way, uh, of course. But, you know, I mentioned the back-to-back wins. Back-to-back wins for only the second time this season. Eastern Washington and Missouri previously. That was the other back-to-back wins this season. So, guys, yeah, you go back to last week. I, I feel good about this one uh, with a comfortable win for the Gators going back to the preview, but I did not expect this. This was a uh, great performance. Uh, from Florida, we are seeing this team turn a corner right here in this you know this last month of the season, uh, and big big shout out. Of course, we'll get into it. This defense, zip, flipping a switch. I uh, not, did not think that was possible uh, from what we had seen the beginning portions of this year, but this defense playing marvelously these last six quarters of football. Plenty of. To get into we'll get talking about the offense uh, as well their big day on the ground uh, but mainly this defense and their performance for the second week in a row now uh, for this Gator team so fast and furious from the start with the Gators and we'll get into it we'll uh, go through the game a bit kind of a quick drive-by-drive look uh, at the Gators but before we get there hit that like button hit that subscribe button a few of you watching on YouTube right now keeping those comments going hit that like button while you're in here subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you have not done so yet hey your support just doing those simple things really helps Gators Breakdown grow especially on the YouTube side of things check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown and of course you can check us out on Gators Breakdown Plus as well conversation always going on there link is in the description also, GatorsBreakdown.supportingcast.fm is the link, is the uh, web address to join 
Discord going on, especially during the games. Only two more. Uh, so it's a lot of fun in there during the game, especially yesterday. Probably wasn't the, the, the most fun we've had uh, this year uh, in discussing the game right there on the Discord side of things. So lots and lots going on there, of course. Uh, all the recruiting talk uh, lately as well. Uh, some good things happening for the Gators, and you can, hey, expand the conversation right there on Gators Breakdown Plus. All right, as I mentioned, fast and furious start for the Gators. First drive, converting a third down on the way. AR, it misses easy pass to Pearsall. That would kind of be a theme uh, throughout the day. Um, first down rush by AR, so you could also tell early on he was going to get his legs involved uh, in this game. Uh, South Carolina, uh, along the way, gets a defensive delay of game. Uh, and then, but yeah, as I mentioned, AR, his first two passes go for incompletions. Uh, and then a third and 10, Caleb Douglas. How about that freshman stepping up at the wide receiver position? Of course, with Justin Shorter out uh, for the second game in a row, Jaquavion Frazier's not playing as, uh, either. And now Caleb Douglas, the true freshman, coming in and make his presence felt right away on the Gators offense. Uh, so after that third and 10 gets converted from Caleb Douglas, next play, Montreal Johnson goes for 22 yards. Third and goal for the Gators and a keeper from Anthony Richardson around the right edge. Gators score on their opening drive, 7-0 on a 14-play, 75-yard drive. Florida was 3-of-3 three three on third down to start the game. Fifth time this season the Gators have scored on their opening possession. So here we go. We go to the other side of the ball, and it was, okay, was the second half versus Texas A&M a mirage? Could the Gators keep it up? And we found out right away the Gators would be able to keep it going on defense. Travis Johnson gets a big tackle for loss on second down. Third and 14 for South Carolina goes for only four yards. Three and out for the defense to start the game. And there we go. We're kind of shaking our heads a little bit. Okay, there we go. This defense, how about that? Good start for once. And then you know, that's what is that something we were looking for from this team? I mean, you get start off seven nothing, then the defense responds with a three and out. Kind of like going back to the last week's second half. Texas A and M is coming out of that locker room. A great complimentary football there, where the Gators started out right away here as well with the seven nothing touchdown drive, three and out for the defense. So the Gators get the ball. First down to Xanders. The next play, Caleb Douglas again. 27-yard gain for him. Third and one later on in the drive, AR converts with a short carry. Then South Carolina brings the pressure. Anthony Richardson finds Pearsall in the end zone. Great pass, great catch. 15-yard touchdown. Swamps rocking 14-0 Gators. South Carolina gets the ball back. Powell starts to drive with a sack. How about Antoine Powell Ryland coming in? Last couple of weeks, Brenton Cox gets dismissed. Powell is now the guy, and he has done nothing but go out there and play so well in this situation where not only just him, but the whole defense, but you, you start and look at him just because of you know what was going on with Brenton Cox. Could, would you be able to replace you know, his production? Well, as inconsistent as it was, you know, still pressuring the quarterback, Powell has done nothing, nothing but come in and play so well. Uh, you had uh, you and me yelling with a pressure, uh, third and 17. South Carolina converts that one uh, with a gain at 18. And then, okay, there you go. But the worst play the defense would give up <laughs> all night uh, right, right there. Uh, kind of maybe harking back to earlier this season, but it was all for naught. Nothing came about. Anything there. South Carolina was set up with another third and long in the drive. Third and 11. Pass falls incomplete. Gators get the ball again. Start on their own 15-yard line. And then the biggest play of the game, Trevor Etienne, true freshman, 85 yards. Mentioned Caleb Douglas. Well, let's mention him again. Great block. Great block at the second level. Springs the run by Etienne. 21-0 Gators at that point. Gators are rolling. Great start for the team here. Then South Carolina gets the ball back. They're driving a bit. Third and one at the Florida 48. They get called for a false start. Third and six, South Carolina 47-yard line. Run for six. Get a first down. They cross midfield. Then Florida brings Marshall on the blitz. A quarterback hurry on second nine at the Florida 46. Sets up third and nine. 
Gators, great team defense, pressure off the edge. Jervon Dexter, Yumi Ellen, right there in the middle to clean up. Great team defense for the Gator. Dexter, Yumi Ellen get a sack. This defense is rolling. Defense is looking much, much better as this game goes on. And uh, if you noticed, Ricky Pearsall back there to return that punt because of the previous punt return. Uh, Xavier Henderson fumbled that. And Pearsall was back to return punts the rest of the game. And I bring that up. A lot of people noticed it too, but... Look, some, some accountability there. Now, Henderson's done an okay job uh, there, punt returned. We've wanted to see some other people just to see if some, some more shake and wiggle back there uh, could produce some, produce some bigger plays. But just on the other side of that, you know, he messed up. He put almost a potential turnover there for the Gators. Some accountability there. Ricky Pearsall gets inserted for the rest of the game at punt return. So with that, Gators start at their own seven-yard line. That drive... A third and two AR keeper goes for 23 yards. At that point, Florida's 5 of 5 on third down for the game. A couple of plays later, Montreal Johnson goes uh, for 31 down to the South Carolina 26. Second and six, Garage gets called for a false start in the red zone. Third and 10 on the South Carolina 11. Florida ends up calling a timeout. Pass to Henderson falls incomplete after a quarterback hurry. Gators set up for a field goal, 24 nothing Gators. Games pretty much <laughs> over at that point, especially with the way this defense was playing. That next drive for South Carolina, you see Shamar James coming up. This defense is just flying around. He gets in on the action for a small game cost gain. Uh, Ventral Miller gets in, setting up a third and six on this drive for South Carolina. Rattler escapes, seven yards, first down for South Carolina. South Carolina gets near midfield, third and six. Uh, Gator defense giving up three of six on third down at that point. Gators get a stop on their own 48. Call a timeout. Two minutes left in the first half. South Carolina then calls a fake punt. And they score a touchdown on it. So go back to last week. Uh, we kind of, I'm not breaking any news here. You guys know it too, but you got to watch out for South Carolina's special teams. A lot of people were, I remember the tweets, the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, watch the fake, watch the fake, watch the fake. And Florida was more in a punt safe, just did not cover it. Uh, just, just kind of a bust uh, right there. 24-6, uh, South Carolina does not get anything on the point after. But you, you, you had to watch for it. But that would be the only points for the day from South Carolina, and it comes from special teams, not the traditional defense. Gators defense still holding scoreless from the week before. At Texas A&M as well. So Gators start their own 25, 152 left in the first half. Uh, first down goes for two. South Carolina aggressive. Uh, they call a timeout. Uh, second eight for the Gators goes for 20. So, okay, can something happen here? Can't make anything happen. Uh, kind of just one of those weird end of games or end of first half sequences again for the Gators. Um, call a timeout with 15 seconds left. Look like Florida was going to go for a long field goal. Then they don't. Um, almost kind of trying to set up for a Hail Mary. Doesn't even get attempted. AR has to scramble. Uh, nothing really happened in there. But a 24-6 to halftime lead for the Gators. These halftime stats. 362 to 112-yard edge for the Gators. 362 to 112. Go to the passing yards because that's where South Carolina's come through in the form of the fake punt. Florida, 80, uh, 81 passing yards, but South Carolina held the edge there, 88 to 81, but 48 of that come off that South Carolina fake punt. At that point of the game, the punter for South Carolina had more passing yards than Spencer Rattler at halftime. He had 40, while their punter had 48 off the fake punt. Gators, 281 rushing yards in the first half compared to 24 for South Carolina. I mean, just, to, just compare that to the game last year, a year ago against South Carolina, where they run all over Florida. At halftime, Florida's holding a 281-24 yard edge on the ground. Florida, hey, being able to put some points together, because they were 6-7 on third down in the first half. South Carolina, 3-7. Average yard per play, 9.1 for Florida at halftime. 4.5 for South Carolina. Florida had 5 Tackles for loss in the first half. So, we wondered, how would this Florida defense keep it going? 
Could they keep it going? Let's go to the second half. Oh, boy. How about that Gator defense? Stepping up to the plate. Three straight drives with turnovers forced. Called a turnover on the very first play with Miguel Mitchell with a tackle. Rashad Torrance coming in late to tackle, forcing a fumble, recovering a fumble. Gators set up on shop on the South Carolina 31. Gators in great field position. Richardson goes for nine yards on first down. But then third and 16 after a sack. Gators can't take advantage. Field goal gets blocked. Special teams stepping up again for South Carolina. Uh, kept stressing that. Uh, the, the special teams, big, big emphasis. Uh, with Shane Beamer, much like his dad, of course. Beamer ball is still alive and well in South Carolina. So South Carolina gets the ball after the missed field goal. Gators force another turnover. And maybe one of the, the best ones of the night just because of who it involved, what it looked like for a little bit during the play. Desmond Watson stripped South Carolina Jaheen's bell, rumbled and stumbles for nine yards. Looked like he might have fumbled, but he was down. Another drive that this defense... Gives the offense in great field position. Defense is on fire at this point. That offensive drive for the Gators, a Johnson run, AR run, four-yard pass to Johnson Odom for the touchdown. 31-6 Gators. The route is on. Little did we know the defense would come out again. Three straight turnovers. Kamari Wilson with the hit and forced a fumble. Pops up trading in his last game in the swamp. Grabs it. Gators offense in business at the South Carolina 34. Florida did have a holding on the return. So uh, AR, a couple of runs to get the first down. Drive goes nowhere. Gators tell for another field goal. Miss handles the snap. Nothing happening. So right there, three turnovers for the Gators. You only get one touchdown out of it. That's, that was the Biggest takeaway for offense besides all the rushing yards, of course, is not just being able to capitalize on those turnovers. It didn't hurt Florida at all. Uh, you'd like to see – look, this was a complete game for Florida. Could it have still been better? Absolutely. That's where you'll point to. A lot of it. Three drives, great field position. Two come up empty. So South Carolina comes out, tries to get creative for a few plays, have some wildcat looks, have some success, get some yards – a third and 16 goes nowhere. Ventral Miller, I remember I made a note of it, being held like crazy on a third and 16. Uh, didn't get called, but no harm, no foul. South Carolina has to punt anyway. Gators start at their own three. Johnson gets a third and nine conversion with an 11-yard run. Third and six on their own 19 a few plays later. Doesn't get enough for a forced to punt. Not much going for the offense in the second half. Uh, South Carolina, big game on the punt return. Face mask gets them down to the Florida 19. So Rattler scrambles for four yards when South Carolina starts this drive on first down after getting pressured. Stopped on third and three. Set up a fourth and three. Gamecocks call for false start. Fourth and eight from the Gators 12. Even me yelling. Forces Rattler to step up. Pass goes incomplete. South Carolina had to go for it at that point. Defense still has the shutout going for it. Five quarters at that point of scoreless football for the defense. All right, kind of go through the last quarter here. Four plays and out for the Gator offense. Just can't get it going. Uh, Chakal Bowman can't come up with a catch. Uh, great punt by Jeremy Crawshaw. South Carolina takes over their own four. Third and four. Gators force another quarterback hurry, then a punt. Defense playing out of their minds. Crowds into it, just supporting this defense. Has it been too many great games on the defensive side of the ball at all, but especially at home for the Gators? You know, at the Kentucky game, you played okay uh, in, in that game, but many of the home games, you just had to watch this defense um, not play anywhere near up to now. We see their potential, their best, while they're figuring things out during the season. Defense playing out of their minds. After a bad punt, South Carolina by South Carolina. Gators take over South Carolina 48-yard line. Great field position again. So Richardson gets sacked on first down looking for a deep shot. Um, Gators were trying to put another kill shot there. Uh, but set up, end up getting fourth and three later in the drive. Anthony Richardson finds Montreal Johnson on a rollout for the first down. Montreal Johnson finishes off the drive with an eight-yard touchdown carry. At that point, 24 carries, 161 yards for Montreal Johnson. Touchdown there, 6.7 yards carry. 
South Carolina takes over. They have 182 yards <laughs> so at that point in the game. I was trying to get a gauge of whether they were at on offense because a lot of backups were in uh, at that time. But you still wanted to see that Gator offense go out there and, and keep the shutout going for, for their side, you know, the defense, not the special teams. That's where they gave it up. But the defense, keeping that shutout alive. Third and 29 for South Carolina ending up on that drive. They're forced to punt. 434 is left in the game. Florida gets the ball, finally a turnover for the Gators. First time in 51 possessions the Gators turned the ball over, dating back to the LSU game. And then South Carolina drive to end the game goes nowhere. Gators win. 38-6. Get bowl eligible. Send seniors out the right way. Making progress on defense. Ground game, not surprisingly, has success against South Carolina. Fun way to end the season in the Swamp. Send the seniors out the right way. Crowd had a lot of fun. Recruits were on the sidelines in the end zone. Got to see a rocking Swamp. It was a good day. Good day in Gainesville. So we got some stats to look at and just some more notes. Just some more notes to take a look at. Recapping this game. This big win for the Gators over South Carolina. 38-6. to But before we get there, you know sports. You want to pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for it at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL college football, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spend for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up for free today. Use promo code GATERS and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that is promo code GATORS to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right. Thanks to my bookie, Shark Coatings, for sponsoring Gators Breakdown. Thanks to them for, hey, look, those in there goes, uh, goes a long way. And let me bring in you all this Gator content right here on Gators Breakdown. So, all right, let's take a look at the stat comparison right here. Florida, South Carolina dominated, dominated by the Gators. 237 total yards for South Carolina, but 189 when you take away the fake punt. South Carolina averaged 368.3 yards of offense for the season coming into the game. And take away the fake punt, they only get 189. So, 368 coming into the game. 237 if you count everything. Take away the fake punt. 189 total yards. This defense gave up. Great performance. Gators came in averaging 430 yards of offense for the season and end up with 515. South Carolina came into the game. We've talked about it plenty, plenty of times. The Gators should be able to run the ball. South Carolina came into the game giving up 171 yards, 171.8 yards on the ground, the Gators gained 374 yards on the ground. First downs, Gators 26 to 11 edge. Third down, Gators 9 of 15. 
So they were great in the first half, slowed down in the second half. Three of 11. I mean, guys, look at that third down stat for South Carolina. Three of 11. This Gator defense coming into the game has been playing better, but you take the whole season as a look, and this has been one of the worst third down defenses in college football. In the last two weeks, have stepped up, especially on third down. I mean, just go back. Even the teams that weren't that good, LSU, you know, granted, they, they, they have proven to be good, had a lot of success on third down. Missouri, a lot of success on third down, third and long. Not, you know, they're at the level of a, of a Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina this year in the SEC. We'll see where it all ends up with a few weeks left to play. But this defense had been torched on third down, no matter who they played. Three of 11 for South Carolina. Both teams one of two on fourth down. The Gators ran 79 plays. South Carolina only 50. Gators averaged six and a half yards of play. South Carolina 4.7. Gators five of eight in the red zone. Eight opportunities, of course. Should have been better. Should have been better. Getting nitpicky a little bit, but you'd, you'd love to see Gators turn all those turnovers they got to start the second half in the points. South Carolina 0 for 1 in the red zone. Florida, big, big time of possession edge, 36-20 to 23-40. Gators with the three turnovers, of course. Sacks, three for the Gators. Tackles for loss, seven for the Gators. Six for South Carolina. All right, let's take a look. We'll start on South Carolina side of things. Since I think, you know, giving this defense full credit for what they've been doing. Spencer Rattler, 18 to 26, 145 yards. I mean, it's a 69% completion percentage. But as we previewed in the game, not a lot of risk taken. Not a lot down the field. So a lot of these 18 completions, of course, it shows you right here. Only 145 yards. Didn't amount to anything. The one touchdown coming courtesy of the fake punt. Slew of receivers there for South Carolina with three receptions. Van, Brooks, and Brown. Nothing much amounting there. I mean, look, you, you look at these stats if you're looking on YouTube. Look, there's not even enough to explain for the audio version. That's how good this Gator defense was. Go to rushing. Jaheim Bell. Now, of course, South Carolina missing some running backs in this game. Had to try and get creative. But going back to the preview last week, we had known that had been an issue for South Carolina. Jaheim Bell, 12 carries, only 30 yards, two and a half yards a carry. Carry on Joyner. He was coming in when South Carolina was trying to get creative a bit. Two carries, 17 yards, eight and a half yards a carry. That was about it. 23 rushes, 44 yards. Of course, sacks come into play there as well in college football. But great, great performance. You see there. I mean, six scoreless quarters for this Gator defense. All right, let's look at these Gator stats. These are much, much more number-friendly for the Gators. Not in the passing game. Not in the passing game. Anthony Richardson, 11-23, 112 yards. Did get the two touchdowns, but only 48% completion percentage. Up and mostly down day for him. Misses, missing some easy passes. We'll get into that. Kitna comes in late in the game, goes to a two. Total, 13-25, 141 yards. And then look at the, the, at the top. Caleb Douglas right there. Leads the way for the Gators. The freshman coming in. Justin Shorter out. Unfortunately, in his last game, did not get to play in the swamp. Caleb Douglas, three catches, 53 yards, along with 27. Henderson, two of 15. Odom, two of six, one touchdown. Jackson, one catch, 23. Pearsall, one catch for 15 and the touchdown. His only catch of the day goes for the touchdown. And after getting involved a good bit last week, Ricky Persaud, not so much this week. Got some more on him later. 
But Pearsall, Jackson, Pearsall, Xanders, Johnson, Pouncey, Burke, all one catch for the Gators. Nine receivers catching balls for the Gators. And then rushing for the Gators, kind of thrown off, too, by the uh, mishandled snap here. But we'll just go. You know where to look here. Montreal Johnson, 24 carries, 161 yards, one touchdown, 31-yard long run, average 6.7 yards a carry. ETN, eight carries, 100 yards, had the 85-yard run. Not much after that. Montreal Johnson taking the, the bulk of the carries there as he was making some things happen. ETN was only, you know, seven carries for 15 yards beside the one for 85. But that's what explosives bring you. Even when you're not having necessarily a great day, you can have a great moment. And that's what Trevor Etienne brought to the table there with the big 85-yard touchdown run. Anthony Richardson, 15 carries, 96 yards, one touchdown. Good for him as he you know, is not – most of the time when he's running well, he's also passing well so far this year. But not the case this time. You know, we'd love to have you know, this exact performance versus Kentucky because you win the game. Even when the passing wasn't there, you get a 15-96 day on the ground from Richardson versus Kentucky. You got that as a win. Um, so, you know, kind of comparing to something that happened earlier in the season when Anthony Richardson's uh, wasn't on it in the air. Well, this game's a bit different because he was on and on the ground compared to that Kentucky game as well. Naquan Wright comes in late, three carries, 15 yards. Lingard as well with a carry for 10 yards. Pearsall won for seven. Great look there for the Gator stats in this game. Dominating on the ground. Uh, but go back to this defense. That's where we'll go next. Six scoreless quarters. Dating back to last week versus Texas A&M. Second half of that game. This entire game versus South Carolina. And just Think about it, too. Eight turnovers. Four since the bye week. In the last three games. I mean, you see it. it. It looks so much different. This defense now attacks. They win one-on-one battles. They tackle. They have defenders in coverage and in great position. They pressure. Complimentary pressure. If a guy comes from the outside, now the guys in the middle are there to clean up. This defense creates turnovers. Something they've been able to hang their hat on all season. Now they've been able to hang their hat on a lot of other things these last two games. Defense is doing their job. And look, I, we know, we know. The competition has eased up. Yes, does that play into it? It, it does. That was one reason we, we looked at the schedule starting in November. We didn't look at these four teams that Florida has left and say, hey, look, there's an opportunity here. And Florida's taking advantage of that opportunity. And they weren't doing that the beginning portions of this season. But we looked for improvement because of an easy, easier schedule, but you have still had to go out there and do it just because we haven't seen it, no matter who Florida played. USF, Eastern Washington, offenses that they shouldn't have success versus a Gator defense, but they did. To progress would be stepping up as the schedule eases up. Take advantage of where you couldn't before. Florida had the bye week, and you know I cautioned the results from a bye week if they had figured some things out, we may not see it versus Georgia. Georgia's good. No matter if you fix some things, and no matter how good you are, they can make it look worse. Georgia loomed. You may not be able to see improve. But there was a chance, and I'm not saying that's the case. I don't know. It, it, it certainly kind of times out that way. But maybe figure some things out the bye week. It would show up after Georgia versus Texas A&M versus South Carolina. But it also can't be overlooked that the defense is elevated to play, especially up front with the dismissal of Brenton Cox. Can't just be coincidence. Powell stepping up. You and me, Ellen stepping up. It's like Jervon Dexter's played his best string of games so far this season these last two weeks as well. I mean, the whole defense has. It looks like there's, there's some trust now between the players, their fellow players on the field, knowing each other's role, trusting everyone around them to do their job. Patrick Tony and the defensive staff probably trust the players a bit more now. 
I think they figure some things out that bye week. What do you do well? What can we help you do well? Just look faster, more aggressive, more confident. Starts up front, I think, for me. Playing so much better up front. In, in, in the right gaps, in the right holes, creating pressure. Winning the one-on-one battles is the biggest takeaway for me. Florida just wasn't doing that up front. Just not winning the one-on-one battles. And a lot of these same players, they were the ones playing. A switch has been flipped, and credit to the team. You got to keep it going these next two games, especially in a couple weeks versus Florida State. But such, you know, we wondered if we would see anything like this. I mean, even improvement we would have taken. This is massive improvement. This is a switch flip, completely opposite. Even your best prediction probably couldn't be what we've seen the last six quarters. And maybe we, maybe it started sooner than that. We saw some progression, and maybe I'm digging too deep here, but we saw some improvement with this defense getting offenses at least in third and long. And they couldn't, they couldn't come away with a stop. Not being able to capitalize on third and long, but they were getting teams there. Improved there. Florida forced South Carolina to an average of third and 11. And like I said, we've seen some success from first and second down with this Florida defense. Just not being able to capitalize on it, but forcing South Carolina into third and 11 on the day. South Carolina gained an average of five yards on third down. Needing 11 yards for the night, they gained five. Not even close to converting. Once again, three of 11 on third down with South Carolina for the night. Florida posted its best defensive performance in terms of points allowed. And that's six. So you, you go to it, total points allowed, of course. Since shutting out Vanderbilt, 42 to nothing, October 9th of last year. Opened up the second half, forcing a fumble, three straight possessions, recovering all three. Florida held its opponents to under 300 total yards only for the second time this season. The other being Kentucky, holding them to 272. That game's going to haunt us, ain't it? <laughs> that game is going to haunt us. Especially after Vanderbilt beat them. Vanderbilt beat Kentucky yesterday, if you missed that. So the Gators recorded three sacks on the game since the start of last season. Florida has outsacked its opponent by a plus 29 margin. Now we know sacks aren't everything. Pressure and sacks go a long way. And that's what we're seeing from this Gator defense. Gators defense produced 19 turnovers this season with at least one in each game. Multiple turnovers in six games this season. The 19 forced turnovers this season rank second in the SEC and tied for ninth in Power 5 football. Uh, Rashad Torrance forced, recovered a fumble in the third quarter, becoming the first Florida player to force and recover a fumble on the same play since Taven Bryan against South Carolina in 2016. Big credit to Miguel Mitchell there, too, for getting in on that tackle, letting Rashad Torrance come in and clean up. It was six years to the date since Taven Bryan did it versus South Carolina. It marked Torrance's uh, first career forced fumble, second career fumble recovery. But then weird, weird enough... It happens again the next drive, going back to that. Desmond Watson, strip fumble on the next stand. Forced the fumble, recovered it, rumble stumbles. Marked the first forced fumble and fumble recovery for Watson. Kamari Wilson, the third forced fumble. That made his first of his career, his young career. Three straight drives with those forced fumbles. Trey Dean got the fumble recovery there on the last one. His second of the season, third of his career. Good way to end his Gator career at home. Much maligned like this defense. He's played better too. Ventrell Miller, shout out to him. Going to miss him in the orange and blue. His last game in the swamp. Four solo tackles, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hurry. His two tackles for loss tied a career high for the sixth time. Jervin Dexter, half a sack, two sacks on the season now, three tackles for loss. Prince Lee got the other half of that. 
sack, increased his total to three and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss. He also added two quarterback hurries. Miguel Mitchell, his first career start. As I mentioned, he was instrumental there in Rashad Torrance getting that forced fumble and fumble recovery. His first career start. Becoming one of four true freshmen to start the Gators this season, along with linebacker Shamar James, Kamari Wilson, Caleb Douglas. Mari Burney, his last game in the Swamp as well. Four tackles, one solo, half tackle for loss. Desmond Watson, three tackles. Half a tackle for loss, one forced fumble. And then Antoine Powell-Ryland, of course, one more for him. One solo sack, second straight week. Now has two sacks on the season, four tackles for loss. Jordan Young getting in on the action. He played a good bit this game, first career pass breakup. And Derek Wingo tallied his first career sack in the fourth quarter. Gators were able to get some young guys on the field there um, and some seniors on the field in their last game in the Swamp. Man, I just... Impressive with this defense, this turnaround. Had to take advantage, and they are. I'm, 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 I'm impressed. I, I mean, the criticism was all warranted, guys, from the staff, from the players, and what it looked like. And you know, could, you, could we see any progress as the season went on? That was you know, a big theme coming into this November portion of the schedule. Could we see some improvement on that side of the ball from the coaching and, and, and the defense, the, the, the players? And we're seeing it. We're seeing it come to fruition. Getting more experience. It's paying off. Two more games left. Need to keep it going. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. In this Gator offense, just dominating South Carolina on the ground. Scored 21 points in the first quarter against a Power 5 opponent for the first time since 2011 at Kentucky. 21 points in the first quarter against a Power 5 opponent for the first time since 2011 at Kentucky. The Gators eclipsed 500 yards for the third time this season, including the third time in the last seven games. This was Florida's first 300-yard rushing game of the season. And look, we knew Florida was going to have a great shot running the ball versus this South Carolina, given the stats on both sides. Previewed it plenty of times. This was a chance to get the ground game going in the last couple of weeks, and they did. Montreal Johnson, new single-game career high, 161 yards rushing. Topping his previous best against Arkansas State at Louisiana last year when he played for the Raging Cajuns. He had 150 that game versus Arkansas State, 161 versus South Carolina. Also set a career high with 24 rush attempts. I remember now, I remember, there were plenty of questions and maybe some warranted, but could he and Osiris Torrance, they'll know they're transferring from Louisiana, could, could they play in the SEC? Oh, this is different. It's not the Sun Belt. Billy Napier knows what the SEC is like. If he's going to choose to bring an offensive lineman and a running back from Louisiana, I think we trust him there. And now we absolutely seeing what's playing out on the field translates pretty well. Offensive lineman running back to SEC football. Montreal Johnson's a really good running back. Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne have combined for one rushing touchdown in all 10 games this season. Have combined for 14 rushing touchdowns this year. They have a combined 39 of Florida's 65 explosive plays. Or explosive rushes. Explosive rushes. They tally that up at Florida with 10-plus yard runs. Those two guys have 39 of the 65 explosive rushes, 60% of them. ETN's 85-yard touchdown rush was the seventh longest touchdown rush in school history. The true freshman coming in his first season and puts up the seventh longest touchdown rush in school history. And the longest by a Florida player since. Hey, a lot of you, a lot of you nailed this one right away. LaMichael P. Ryan's 88-yard touchdown versus Auburn in 2019. 
ETN's big score is tied for the eighth longest touchdown rush in FBS this season. It marked the second longest touchdown run by a Florida freshman in school history, John L. Williams, 86 yard versus West Texas State in 1982. This was an SEC game. This was SEC competition. Trevor ETN, that 85 yard touchdown run. It's the second longest touchdown run as well since 1988. When Emmett ripped off a 96-yard touchdown, longest in school history versus Mississippi State. He finished with a career-high 100 yards rushing. So with that, AR at one point had over 100 yards, so it gave Florida three players over 100 yards for the first time since 1984, I believe they said in the press box, but... AR gets sacked. His rushing total then falls below 100. So Florida had it for a little bit and then lost it with three players over 100 yards. But Richardson was involved in the run game here as well. His opening drive touchdown was a ninth of the season. His ninth rushing touchdown. Ranked second among SEC quarterbacks. Ranked tied for fifth in FBS. So throw it all together, the running backs, the quarterback. As far as explosives go, Florida tallies at 10-plus rush yards, 13 explosives for the Gators, 10 in the run game, 10. Runs of a 10-yard game, 22, 85, 23, 31, 20, 19, 18, 11, 10-yard gains on the ground for the Gators. You guys know I've hit it home too many times Where are my explosive runs? Way too many times in the past. I'm getting them this year. And we see the difference it's making for for this Gator offense. On the passing side of things, let's go to wide receivers first. Wide receiver Ricky Pearsall hauled out in his third touchdown reception as a Gator. That put Florida up 14-0. That was his longest touchdown reception of the season, 15 yards. It was the eighth receiving touchdown of his career. It was the 11th touchdown rushing or receiving of his career. So 8th receiving, 11th total for him in his career. Marked his 4th touchdown of this season. 3 receiving, 1 rushing. He's now caught a pass in 25 consecutive games. And Jonathan Odom caught his first career pass, later hauled in his first career touchdown. 2 receptions, 6 yards on top of the touchdown. With him getting the catch, as I mentioned earlier, 19 different players have now caught at least one pass for Florida this season. 19 different players. And then going down, like you know, players like Caleb Douglas. We didn't know coming into the season what true freshman would be able to contribute. He's come in right away and made his presence felt in this wide receiver room. And we can, I think we're pretty excited. We should start looking ahead a bit. Start looking ahead at some of these young players. Trevor Etienne, now Caleb Douglas on offense. Starting to see some things. On defense, Kamari Wilson, Shamar James, McClellan up front. And Florida's playing true freshman. These guys are producing. And Anthony Richardson, as we mentioned, kind of to end it here, not the best day through the air. I did like to see him kind of continue to progress. This was another down day for him on through the air. Maybe a weird flow with all this ground attack, but you know, that's not, not, not really an excuse. At one point, he was 5-8 after the 15-yard touchdown pass to Pearsall, but couldn't really build on it. He went 6-15 the rest of the way with the longest completion, completion only being 13 yards. Uh, there was a string of five straight incompletions there. Certainly, certainly missed some reads, forced some throws. A drop there. You know, some, some of the receivers could have come down with maybe with a couple of those to help the quarterback out. But yeah, it's um, it was a not a great day uh, for the Gator signal caller through the air. Definitely going to need better performance in a couple of weeks versus FSU. Um, that was another home game, of course. Uh, he's been better on the road. So we'll see what he brings to the table in Nashville versus Vanderbilt in Tallahassee to end the season. But definitely worth pointing out, just not the best performance from him through the year. 
I like seeing the early, the early report with Caleb Douglas. You know, you never know quarterback, true freshman, wide receiver, what kind of relationship, the timing. All that stuff that goes into playing quarterback, wide receiver, is the, is the wide receiver going to make the right read? Is he going to settle down in the right zone? Is he going to make the right uh, decision on an option route? It was there early in the game. Those two hooked up early in the game there. So definitely something that I mean, we're going to monitor it anyway. Anthony Richardson's progress as a quarterback. Uh, one of the biggest storylines the last month of this season is what kind of draft love is he getting. He's still getting a lot of it, a lot of the potential here. I mean, I, I know it's a big discussion out there. I don't think he's played at the level to ensure, you know, this top pick, but we know how NFL teams draft. A lot of it on potential. So we'll see what it means down the road for Anthony Richardson, what kind of play he continues with these next couple of games. Does that have any effect on his decisions? Does that have any effect on some of the feedback he'll get from the NFL? as the season comes to a close. There's mixed results. So some NFL teams, of course, that see a lot of what we saw this year went touching. Some of them are still very, very interested in number 15. Go out there and end the season on a high note these last two games. We'll see. If he doesn't, how much does that hurt? I would think most have their mind made up already. But we'll see. Definitely something to monitor here with the Gator quarterback and his up and down year through the year. But Billy Napier did say after the game now, one, Bobby, one of my biggest takeaways, I think the only thing I kind of tweeted after the game, Billy Napier did say their confidence in Kitna has allowed them to kind of open it up with Anthony Richardson a bit. And that's why you see the more carries coming in. What was it, 15 carries this game? So we're, we are definitely seeing it. We've noticed it. It does usually help Anthony Richardson get better through the air as well. Not necessarily this game, but for the most part, we know it kind of just gets him gold. We'll see how much Florida... But do you need to do it versus Vanderbilt? I'd like to have him as close to 100% versus Florida State in a couple of weeks. Uh, but if that gets him going, gets him in his groove, get that confidence up going into Florida State, you absolutely just go play your offense next week versus Vanderbilt. And now a Vanderbilt team that Florida shouldn't overlook. I mean, shouldn't have anyway, just given kind of how the season has went, even with all the improvement, especially on the defensive side of the ball, can't overlook anybody. But that win over Kentucky now, okay, well, it turns your head a little bit. And it's a team that beat Florida. Plus Kentucky, Vanderbilt gets the big upset. Big, big upset there. All right, that'll do it for this recap of Florida 38, South Carolina 6. Everybody, thanks for uh, listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm glad you joined me right here on this Sunday. A lot to get into with this game. Lots, a lot to get into, and we'll see. We're feeling a little bit better about this team heading into these last couple of weeks. So hopefully, hopefully they can keep it up. Sorry, right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.